The Caribbean is unlike any other place in the world. The beauty of its people, culture and environment are unrivaled. Yet we in the Caribbean face many challenges that cannot be ignored. Instead, we meet them head-on with innovation, energy and enthusiasm. The Inter-American Development Bank has been supporting development in the Caribbean for more than 50 years. Join us as we tell your stories on improving lives in the Caribbean. Hello, everyone. We're happy to have you join our discussion as we talk about development issues in the Bahamas. I'm your host, Indiria Saunders, and as always, we will explore the challenges being faced in matching our famous sun, sand, and sea brand to our social, economic, and infrastructural progress. Our topic of the day is an issue affecting all parts of the world now, and that is the survival of small businesses during the pandemic. Will they make it to the end? Joining me for this show are several stakeholders in the business world. We'll all be bringing insight on the subject from very different perspectives. On our discussion panel today is Santina McKinney. She is the founder of Media Box Bahamas, a full service marketing firm that was established in 2016. We also have Nicholas Higgs. He's the deputy director of the Access Accelerator, small business development center that launched in 2018 with a mandate to support the evolution of MSMEs, as well as maximize their impact by powering employment and creating wealth. And our last panelist is Maria Eugenia Roca. She's the Chief Operations Officer at the Inter-American Development Bank Country Office Bahamas and has taken on the charge to explore avenues for further development of MSMEs in the nation. To start us off, I would like to read the results of a survey published by PwC recently that interviewed 989 CFOs in 23 countries and territories, including over 40 CFOs in the Bahamas and across the Caribbean. This was conducted from June 1st to 11th of this year. And what is particularly eye-opening is that the majority of these CFOs expected COVID-19 to decrease revenue profits by 10% or more, that more being up to 66%. And 11% of them expected a decrease to a range that is unknown, while 2% of the CFOs say the impact is too difficult to assess at this point. So for this, we start off with Santina and the Media Box, who provides services for many in the business world. Santina, can you tell me what has it been like for you in the field during this pandemic, starting from the stay-at-home orders and closures that had many businesses shuttering for an unexpected off-season? Well, to be honest, Indira, the, the business during this period has been very challenging. Um, getting used to having government restrictions telling you how to operate your business has never been easy and definitely you can't get used to it. Um, it's hard to service your customers the way that you used to. And for the, for the survey that you read earlier that says up to 60% <laughs> loss in revenue, I can definitely say that can be a very, very true, especially in our economy. Um, so some of the clients that I serve 
is the business area. So outside of myself, um, I know personally during this pandemic, it's been hard. I can also say for some of my clients, um, it's been it's been a real struggle. Um, I do think that the businesses that have survived up until now have been utilizing strategies that would have allowed them to pivot. Um, and that was the only way that you can survive. I don't think that no one has gone through this pandemic operating their business the same way they started this year. That's a really, really interesting comment. And and for you, um, this survey was taken in June. Around when did you start to think, hey, I may have to adopt new strategies in order for me to survive, in order for me to pivot? And because you said, hey, this may take longer and um, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, you know, it's, I would say right around that same time, June for me, um, I, and also... I think that um, a part of the success of my business being able to survive during the pandemic is having repeat customers. So right around that period when the lockdowns first happened, I can say that persons really stopped purchasing on the whole. So um, right around June, I started to see when the, the, the first set of lockdowns kind of started to, uh, they started to open it up a little bit person started to spend again. I was able to close on some of con- some of the contracts I was waiting on from the beginning of the year. So June was definitely um, a, a time in my business where I was able to evaluate what would I do if this is going to run into the next um, half of the year. So yes, I would say June, I started to really think about how I'm going to change up my strategy as opposed to just waiting and seeing if it was going to stop. Thanks for sharing that with us. I'm, I'm, and I think I'm going to, this is a great transition into our next uh, panelist, uh, Nicholas Higgs with the SBDC. Nicholas, can you tell me a little bit about the role that Access Accelerator plays within the survival of, of SMEs? And in particular, um, uh, she mentioned, uh, Santina mentioned how they've had to pivot to survive. Have you also had to adjust um, in in the offerings to small businesses so that they have a better chance of survival? Well, thank you for the question. Uh, I I like when I answer this question, I like to take it back to the Hurricane Dorian, which happened in late 2019. And so what occurred with that is you saw Abaco and GB really get uh, go through a traumatic loss of businesses, uh, life and homely uh, homes. And with that, we had to start shifting from our program, which was so rigid to make it easier in a sense for them to get accomplished. And with that, we realized the face-to-face meetings couldn't happen. We, we found that the two-week process was in the strongest. We did a six-week and eight-week class process for startups and just wasn't getting done. We need to get done. So we shifted to an online portal. And with that online portal, it allows everything to be done online. We can track your training. We can then check to see where your files are. We can monitor your conversations. Everything can be done on this portal called Zoho One in conjunction with Udemy. And ironically, March 15th is when the first official case happened in the Bahamas. We already were planning this from the uh, last late last year. So we were actually in a great position to launch and, and start the online process. And so we've now shifted from a face-to-face meeting, face-to-face advisors, training face-to-face to everything's done online. And it can be done, your, done in your own speed and at your own pace. So we've made good transitions uh, to our system for how we handle things. 
Now, when it comes to our role, our biggest role is to be a shoulder to lean on in essence, someone you can talk your ideas to, someone who can assist you with that. So that, that's our biggest role, but as well as providing an opportunity for you to continue starting businesses existing uh, in this new norm, as, as you would say. Thank you. I think that's um, very insightful that you also had a pivot as well. Um, and, and, and if you can describe uh, for us, Nicholas, the kind of services you, you offer to small businesses um, and, and show us how the services, say, last year this time and the services this year this time, not only um, the mode of, of delivering the services, but have you had to adjust and, and, and incorporate new elements? Yeah, so we, we travel to a lot of conferences. Uh, the Vinya is heavily focused on making sure we get information from other SBDC or development centers around the world. And you saw that there was a, a general shift they want to get to online training. And so with that, we did that the shift was kind of ready in our mind, but COVID just made it happen even faster. So uh, that, that was one main thing. But with our services, we mainly offer just face-to-face -face training and we focus on face-to-face -face advisory. You would get done in six to eight months, depending on your, op uh, your opportunity or your, your business. But now the shift has begun to shift heavily to training. It's just we want people to understand their businesses better. And so we've now focused a lot more, actually. It used to be heavily focused on pre-funding, that's the training, advising, and the funding, getting someone funded. But now, because of COVID, our biggest shift, client relationship-wise, has gone to our post-funding department. We went from no staff in our post-funding department, it was merged with another department, to now it's separate uh, and apart. And that deals with anyone who's already gotten funded or someone who doesn't need funding and just needs advisory. And so that, that department's gone from zero persons to now we're up to four persons. And what those persons are doing is focus solely on clients who are trying to execute these ideas they actually, that they got funding for or begun. And so you find closures, you're finding implementing the purchases to China to bring their items in, or how do you maintain during this COVID environment? Should we be classified into three options? Those that cannot make funding at all, sorry, cannot make any revenue to understand. Then we have the second tranche where persons can make money once COVID ends. And third is those who can make money right now. And that ABC model, we've started putting our clients in those boxes and just helping them based on that. Creating classes for uh, accounting classes, classes just to, to vent in essence, just allowing seminars for persons to just vent about their experience. And so the shift has been big, mostly to post funding and helping clients currently. And, and Santina, if I can go back to you at this point, um, as a recipient of, of, of some of the services at the SBDC, have you found that, you know, have they helped you? Um, uh, what, what, have you? Have you employed them? Are they useful? What are your thoughts on it? I can honestly fully endorse the Small Business Development Center. They've been definitely helpful. Um, to me and my business during this pandemic and even before, because I started the program um, a little bit before the um, pandemic started. For me, I do think that the Small Business Development Center has a major role in the economy bouncing back. Um, like Nicholas mentioned earlier, um, the training aspect, a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, <laughs> I always joke and say that we get into business with a vague idea but now being able to process that idea into execution, we would need a lot of help. Sometimes um, money management and access to money can be the biggest things that um, entrepreneurs face. And for me, being able to access funding through the Small Business Development Center has been definitely amazing during this time. I can imagine. 
how helpful that would be um, and to know that a, a center is available to you. Um, Nicholas, I go back to you because I, I have to find out, obviously you've had a lot of adjustments um, and you service so many. How how do you do this? Um, are, how do partnerships play into uh, strengthening your uh, organization so that you are able to empower the small businesses locally? So there are many types of partnerships we have. I'll, I'll try and split it up as best as possible in a grand scheme. We have the, the, the partnership and synergies within government agencies. So you see Bahamas Development Bank, uh, Bahamas Entrepreneur Venture Fund, and uh, BAIC. And with those and, and others, we're now creating synergies to better smooth information between ourselves, to better provide better services. So you see uh, BAIC offers land and on the family islands, and that's the situation where now I don't have to, SBDC doesn't need to necessarily try and figure out how to do that. We just send it to them. And so you see just taking our skills, because it overlaps a lot. You will see that a lot of us offer advisory services, that a lot of us offer training. So creating better synergies so we can use our platforms to better free a person's time in order for us to create better services. It uh, makes us better on the government level. And then on a private level, you know, um, taking the information and knowledge that others have, and uh, so I'll give an example. So especially with the IDB, the relationship with the IDB has allowed us the opportunity to guarantee more loans to others. The relationships with uh, smaller financing firms, because at first we used to only focus on the larger commercial banks, but since we've now added in the smaller financing firms, they're, they're willing to take on more risk. So that opportunity is now there to help those who are looking for 5,000, 10,000, rather than those who just want somebody looking for 300,000. So we've just been expanding everything. It's pretty much still our core in a sense, but we've been now adding in different elements to make our services more broad. Because you know some of the bigger businesses, some of them have cash flow, uh, working capital to maintain. While the smaller businesses, a lot of them may be living paycheck to paycheck within uh, week to week in their, in their company, they need a lot of assistance and they, they need funding. And so just understanding what they need and figuring out who can do them better is what we've been doing. Nicholas, how many small businesses would you say we have in the Bahamas and, and, and what, what percentage wise, if you can give us a, just a snapshot of, of, of how they, you know, of, of their, their concentration in the market? So before I came to the SBDC, I would have said maybe we had a hundred, no, no, so 3,000 maybe. But after coming to the SBDC, we already have nine, right now we have 9,000 persons in the system just looking for SBDC services, 9,000. And there's still thousands who, who haven't signed up. Every day you're finding more persons to sign up. Every time we speak to an event, that's another 50 or 100 persons to sign up. So I'm not, I, I don't remember the number that um, Registrar has, but my number is already up to 25, 20,000. It's just a lot of businesses in the Bahamas, uh, even probably more. Because yeah, we have 9,000, we have a lot more to go. And I can imagine we have a lot of informal, um, unregistered uh, businesses in the Bahamas. Uh, the the lady who would run the the tuck shop at the end of the corner. However, it's still a you know a business in the Bahamas. People go to her for their their their, their whatever little household items um, she may have. Um, have you been able to tap into that micro market? That's a big market. That's a oh, that's a big focus for us. Uh, when the Bahamas. When we first had the lockdown and you saw the quote-unquote uh, coconut boys who sell on the side, who, they sell coconut water, they're a vendor on the side of the road. They usually, as 
being presented by the officials that they didn't have li permits, licenses, or business licenses. And so it's heavily, we were giving a grant to try and help them. We were given, oh, this is actually a good segment. There's a lot of grants that we're offering now. We realized that debt isn't really help. I can't help but understand. So there's a lot of grants we're offering. The fishing and farming grant. We have the preschool grant. Uh, we have the standalone grant. We have a technology grant. We have a grant dedicated to small vendors, uh, tech and grand So there's a lot of grants that we're now offering. But what you're finding with those is a requirement is you have to have your business license. And so what you're finding is now the Department of Inland Revenue is actually overwhelmed because of so many behaviors that are trying to get their licenses so they can get the grant. And so that's a market, that's a heavy market that we, we want to focus on getting everyone normalized. And so we can, they, they, they then, well, formalized in having all their paperwork done with the government. And so we're trying to help clients as well as trying to get them formalized. So that's a big focus for us. Nicholas, that's a tall order, if I can say so myself. Um, um, and Because there, there's not only identifying them, but also kind of getting them formalized, I'm sure. And especially in the pandemic, uh, it presents its own challenges. Um, and I think uh, one of the things I've always learned is that um, you always need partners in, in anything in life. And, and it's a great segue into Maria Eugenia, who's on the call with us from the IDB, Country Office Bahamas. Hi, I know the IDB has a focus on helping to empower businesses in the Bahamas. Maria Eugenia, can you speak to that? Thank you. Yes, the IDB is firmly committed to development in the, in the area that we have been talking. First, recently, the IDB executed a 200 million operation to boost resilience and inclusive growth in the Bahamas. Specifically, we want to promote business continuity for SMEs locally and reducing the administrative costs in the private sector for, for a more competitive business climate. And this program supports the mandate and vision of the Bahamas Economy Recovery Committee, uh, providing a resilient, dynamic, inclusive, and sustainable economy and promotes private sector-led growth under a stronger, comprehensive environmental framework. So this operation supports the continuity of SMEs and strengthening the te their technical capacities, as our colleagues uh, Nicolas and Santina have been mentioning in the short and medium term period. Another important point is that this uh, program includes a set of reforms, uh, uh, which are a combination of different initiatives that support both public and private sector entities to strengthen the environmental food business in a sustainable and resilient manner. Uh, another important uh, pillar of our program is um, an agreement that uh, we made between IDB Lab, uh, which our uh, innovative window with the Access Accelerator Small Business Development Center. And the main objective of this program is to, to strengthen the entrepreneurial ecosystem in order to provide technical assistance to develop SMEs. And third, this is, as Nicholas was mentioned, the IDB is providing 25 million loan guarantee to the government of the Bahamas to help micro, small, and medium-sized enterprises obtaining financing. So we're working with a SBDC center in order to, to promote the development of these uh, small medium companies. And I think 
We think at the IDB that this will help to stimulate the economy of the Bahamas and empower small business in an increasingly challenged economic environment. As you mentioned before, given the, the pandemic, uh, we really need to support the empowerment and development of this critical area for the Bahamas. Indeed. What I'm hearing here is that this economic recovery will take all, all hands on deck. And that brings me to a key question, and I'm going to go to you, Santina, for this. And and I really want to ask you, Santina, do you think we have bottomed out? You are there on the ground, not only with your business, but you work with other businesses. Um, do you think we're at, we've hit rock bottom yet, or do you think the road ahead and 21 is going to um, have some stumbling blocks for us ahead? Um, truthfully, my job as an entrepreneur is to always be optimistic. <laughs> and if I wasn't of that mind frame, I couldn't run a business. So I do think that we have gotten to a place where, um, well, I'm hoping that we've gotten to the place where this is the rock bottom for us. And this is as bad as we would see, um, see it. And that persons during this time would have either like we spoke earlier, pivot or made some necessary adjustments to help them run their business a lot more effective in 2021. So yeah, I do I do hope. I can't say that I know for sure we've bottomed out, but I do hope that this is um, as worse as it would get for us because um, there are some companies at this point that really are at the point of deciding whether they're going to be open in 2021. And they're just really, really holding on um, for their life to keep their business and their livelihood going. So I would say I'm hopeful that this is, um, like I said, as worse as it would be for us. Nicholas, I'm going to go to you there. You're, you're, you're in a seat where you're able to have a bird's eye view of all that's happening. Are you able to provide um, any insight on what's happening with businesses? Do you think we've bottomed out yet, or do you think we should buckle up because we just don't know? Um, we're def- we haven't bot- bottomed out yet. Um, I'll stand by and say that. Um, there's too many factors that could occur, can occur, and are occurring. There's a lot of debt <coughs> sorry, that clients have taken on. I'm not talking about us, just in general. And a lot of banks have now deferred that. And now you're finding that they're not deferring them anymore as when we last one a month before that. So you're finding now the true reality of the situation where some persons are two months behind, three months behind. So the bottoming out for me will be around next year, March, when we February, March, until we begin to understand what the reality looks like when it comes to our debt situation, when it comes to our tourism situation uh, and how other countries are treating this. And I think we're not there yet. But now the vaccine is a key thing that, um, you know, um, if that really works out the way it works out, that can speed it up. So I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm just not, when I, when I deal with my clients, I try to ensure that they have, they understand all the risk involved from whether it's a good or bad. And I, I think that um, there are businesses who can profit during this time, who have profited during this time, as well as there are persons a lot who have lost during this time. So with that, I don't want to say we bought an all yet. Uh, I see where we're heading towards that path. But uh, there are steps in place to help us get to that point to get the turn. But um, it's still not going to be today. 
you mentioned that there were steps in place to get us there and that possibly the vaccine could play a role. I just have to go to back to Maria Eugenia for this, this part because I know recently the IDB took some steps to execute an offering with the government of the Bahamas that will better position uh, the government to acquire those vaccines. Am I correct, Maria Eugenia? Thank you. Yes, uh, indeed, the last week, uh, the IDB board approved a loan of 20 million, and this loan includes the purchase and the deployment of the vaccinations plan here at the Bahamas. And I think uh, it will be very important to help the government in, in these uh, purchases and, and this deplo uh, deployment of the, of the vaccination plan. We envision that this uh, could happen in the first semester, uh, but uh, we will still at the IDB continue uh, supporting the SME sector. And as we have heard, it is very important to, to help this sector to survive in this COVID-19 environment. And it's important to support them. Why? To generate jobs. The important thing now is to generate jobs, especially the tourism sector that employs almost half the population. So we, we at the IDB, uh, we are here to, to support this uh, sector at the generation of jobs. Yes, um, indeed. We have tourism, uh, as we all know, um, is our number one industry in the Bahamas, and it has taken quite a hit during this year with many businesses, old and new, having to shutter. Nicholas, I have to go back to you for this. All I see uh, really is um, just lots of business shuttering, uh, but I have actually surprisingly seen some new businesses created in the pandemic. Have you seen any upside to this pandemic at all? I, I won't say upside, but what I will say is that there have been clients that have, uh, there have been new businesses. Uh, uh, a good example is Maniso, who's in the Mall of Marathon. We've seen a lot, a lot of food places because of the pandemic began from, from homes. Uh, so we're trying to get them formalized. But you find there's a lot of small businesses starting. People have free time. And again, unfortunately, people are desperate. And they, they, they want to survive. They want to continue their lifestyles. And so they'll do what they need to do to survive. And with that, they start small businesses, which has been excellent, excellent. And we've been so impressed with how quickly persons have shifted from the our delivery services uh, to their, their, their schedules. But I, I won't say upside. I will say that we have seen some businesses begin. We have seen creativity you know a very big boost in our people signing up online so definitely we've seen some uptick in our business uh people seeking assistance uh so yeah there's been some positives but uh, I, I don't use the word positive i say there have been some highlights in essence during this time period that's always good to know that we've um, that and it speaks to resilience that some businesses have been born in this hard times. I, I, I would I, it may not be an upside, but it's definitely if we had to think of a positive, it could be that people are thinking differently, thinking, being more innovative in their approach to business. Um, this brings me to a question for Santina. Uh, I see a movement starting from small businesses to Hashtag shop local. It's an initiative intended to stimulate economic growth by encouraging Bahamian consumers to support local businesses rather than shopping abroad 
as is customary for many in the Bahamas. Santina, what kind of support do you think MSMEs need at this time? I personally think that SMEs need at this time the same technical support that Mario and Nicholas had spoken about earlier. Um, of course, um, one of the, the greatest challenge will always be financing. So um, having more access to funds like what the SBDC and the IDB is offering, that's a major, major factor. Um, the training that is offered um, by both organizations, partnerships, businesses also really at this time need, need the support of the government even more, um, not just in terms of the grants, but in terms of the consideration of the other things that they need to operate their business. So I think that there are some institutions, for example, NIB, there are some policies in place where it's beneficial to the government for the business owners to be quote unquote updated on all of their bills um, in order to move on to get sometimes different paperwork. But being a business owner, I can also speak to the fact that there are times when payment plans or um, deferred payment would work well with business owners. So I said in, in the Example for NIB, I'm using that example. There are times where you won't be able to get what's considered a tax compliance certificate, which is something that you would need in order to apply for government concessions. And sometimes being able to um, pay up all of your outstanding bills specifically for um, the government or running the business can take a hard hit on your on your profit, especially if you're really only having a small income coming in at, at this time. So considerations in, in terms of little things like that can actually go a long way for business owners. I'm, a, I'm actually of the personal um, view that at this time, there should be some consideration when it comes to the tax compliance. So yeah, stuff like that would definitely help entrepreneurs be able to operate a lot smoother. Um, business owners definitely need to um, think about the marketing strategies that they use. A lot more advertising. A lot of people here, when you have a small business, they think, you know, everyone know who I am. Everyone know what I'm selling. But really, a lot of people have no idea that your business is in existence. So a lot more maybe trained in terms of how to grow your business, how to grow your customer base, um, how to decrease your profit. I mean, how to decrease your costs and increase your profit. Those kinds of things I would say that business owners may need during this time. And then lastly, partnerships. If I um, speak personally, I did something I would say is kind of amazing. <laughs> and I wanted to share it with you because during this time, I had an opportunity to partner with a competitor. Um, I've always been interested in joint venture, but um, one of my competitors got into the market and they completely decreased the price that I was in market to. And just recently, I was able to form a joint venture partnership that works out well for both me and my competitor. So I do think that business owners at this time need to start thinking about ways that they can work together, support each other, 
And I 100% endorse the shop local trend. I like it. As we wrap up, I'm going to give you all a chance for some last words. Santina, um, I think your last word just now resonated with us all. Shop local. But do you have any other, anything else you'd like to share as we wrap up? Well, for the, for the business owners listening in, um, I would like to encourage you um, during this time you started your business um, and through hard work, you will definitely be able to continue your business in 2021. So my last words is to send blessings to the business owners here, as well as to say a thank you to all of the finance financiers who stepped up to the plate um, and the partners like SBDC, IDB and Venture Fund who been really, really um, instrumental during this time in terms of helping the economy through stimulating entrepreneurship. Thank you. Nicholas, any last words? For me, to, to the entrepreneur, I'll say stay resilient, uh, keep pushing forward, and we, we need information from you. So there's things you need. Please contact us. I don't know if we're going to give out our information, but please contact us. Uh, we're at... Um, accessaccelerator.org, accessaccelerator.org. So please contact us. Let's see what we can do to help. Please apply for the programs. Go to the website, accessaccelerator.org, and start up. To the, uh, the government, I always say as well, keep pushing forward as well uh, and, and offer these opportunities for entrepreneurs to enjoy. And thirdly, uh, to the investor, which most personally like to speak about, the investor is so important. We want you to know that now is the time to start really looking at these small, medium businesses and these startups in this country as investment opportunities as well. They can yield you positive results. We have numbers to show that they can provide value. So investors, if you would like to invest within the, the Bahamian economy, within the small businesses, please do us, we can assist with that and put opportunities for you to yield positive results for your funds. And everyone generally, please just stay resilient. Indeed, indeed. Maria Johanna, we go to you for your last words. I think that all the crisis represents an opportunity. So uh, it's an opportunity for small and medium enterprises to join all of these programs that Nicolas and Santina have been talking. And IDB is firmly committed to support SBDC and all the government in developing these programs to provide technical assistance and uh, the different tools so that SMEs can develop and can go through digital transformation, uh, adopt new technology, innovation, and have access to finance. Thank you. Well, this show has certainly been an interesting one, providing a deeper understanding of what is happening in the world of business and in particular, the challenges faced by MSMEs. I also want to thank each one of our panelists for their contribution today and giving us much needed deeper insight to what's happening on the ground and the ecosystem that is needed for small businesses to survive. Well, that brings us to the end of this podcast. Thank you for listening as always, and we welcome all of your comments and feedback by emailing us at podcast242 at iadb.org. See you next time and join me every other week as we continue our discussions on development in the Bahamas. 
Thank you for listening to Improving Lives in the Caribbean. To access our publications, blogs, podcasts, and more, visit devtrends.iadb.org. Also share your ideas for discussion and stay in touch with us by emailing caribbeandevtrends at iadb.org.